Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Hey, folks, welcome back to the Dodger Dudes. I am your co host, Josh Luke. I am here with not just my co host, Brett Tomko, but another special guest. Brett, tell us. Uh, Tell us who you got there and uh, what we're going to talk about today. Well, I'm super excited because uh, this is somebody that I've known for a long time that we've talked about on the show before. Um, uh, his name's Kevin Newman, Pittsburgh Pirates shortstop. Kevin grew up um, basically about, I don't know, half a throw from my, my front driveway. So Kevin and I go way back since Kevin was in, I think, junior high, I think is the first time we met. You might have been in sixth grade. Yeah, sixth grade, I think. But uh, Kevin and I have known each other a long time, and it, it's, it's fun to kind of – it was kind of a last-minute thing. I text Kevin. I said, hey, we're going to do a show about spring training. You know, what are you doing right now? And I figured you were doing nothing because <laughs> <laughs> most of America is doing absolutely nothing. So we got Kevin on the show. Thanks for coming on, buddy. Yeah, thank you guys for having me. That's cool. Yeah, yeah. I'm excited. So Brett will tell you, Kevin, that um, I, um, I'm a storyteller, so once in a while I might um, go for the best story, which might – some people would use the word exaggeration and in, in the speaking industry, they tell us just to make the fish bigger. So th- this might be a little <laughs> bit embellished, but I think Brett was a little agitated the day he first met you, because I think the story I heard <laughs> this constant pinging that Brett says, and only a baseball player would know what it was, but it was like, I kept hearing it day after day. And so I finally took a walk down the street and Brett, take the story from there. It's, it's, you're absolutely right. Irritated was a great word. Cause I kept hearing this, ping after ping after like every day and i'm like who in the heck is hitting you know baseballs that much there's no one in the world that should be taking that much bp and it was it was after several days maybe even weeks where i'm like i gotta find out where this is coming because you gotta understand where we where we lived it's it it's kind of like in a i don't know if it's a valley or or there's some mountains so everything kind of echoes so i didn't know where it was coming from so i literally started walking up the hill uh, in the front of my house. And there's, you know, a few houses up there and I just keep following it. So I walk up and I'm going through the brush on the side of the hill. I might even fell a couple times, you know, going up the hill and I see this little kid and I'll say, <laughs> I say that with all respect, Kevin, cause now you're probably bigger than me, but this little kid soaking wet, couldn't have been more than about 120 pounds, 110 pounds, just taking hack after grinding, hack. grinding. It. I mean, grinding. So I'm like, dude, I'm like, Hey, what's going on, man? And you're just taking BP. So you know, we just sat there and chit chatted for a while and it, 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 it became like a thing and like who I never in a million years would have imagined Kevin would have grown up and, you know, became a professional baseball player, let alone be a first round pick for the pirates, which is a whole nother story. When I saw you driving in the parking lot of the high school oh, yeah. training and you just popped out of a car, you're like, Hey, what's up, Brett? <laughs> like in the last I remember, <laughs> it was like, Holy crap. What happened to you, Kevin? You became a man, but yeah, but Kevin just was up there taking BP. I mean, you took a lot of BP, didn't you? So I did. For, I did. Yeah. For, for sure. It was like, I remember that, man. I remember knowing that there was a, a big leaguer that lived kind of next to us and down where you were. And um, that one day, too, when you came trucking through that, that <laughs> you know, it, would, that, it wasn't easy. It wasn't an easy walk for you. It was like, I mean, their bushes were probably what four or five feet oh they were tall. they were up there we, we had them cleared out after that but no they were, they were up there you're probably like who the hell is this guy coming <laughs> coming up here no i'm telling you so i was like I, when someone started because because i'm a little kid right and I, I dream of being a major league baseball player so like knowing that you lived where you lived i i kind of had like that hope in the back of my mind that one day <laughs> you would come out and like i'd get to meet you right and uh and so like there he is in the bushes you start you start coming over and i'm hearing this i'm hearing this uh these footsteps and plowing through all this all this garbage and uh and then you pop out and i'm like there he is there he is (laughs) it's funny kevin Kevin used to come down and knock on the door even when i was not home like knock on the door my wife would answer like hey is brett here can he come out and play some catch and it was like so cool i mean so cool like thinking about it now and, and you getting to do what you do and me being done with with the game it's just it's like come full circle and I mean and it's to your credit I mean and that's the one thing like I I tell my son I mean you saw you you and I were texting back and forth last night like I built a cage um on the side of my house and I tell the story all the time to to Ty like hey Kevin man he right up on that hill he would take BP 
every day, every day. And that's, you know, that's what it takes. You got to dedicate yourself. And I mean, not only as a little kid, but I mean, you went on to high school, you went on to college, you went to the Cape Cod league, you did, you did whatever you had to do to become a better player. And it's paid off. You'd be, you've established yourself as a big league, like a legitimate, like big league hitter and, and, and getting it done for Pittsburgh. It's great. It's great to see. I'm so happy for you. Well, I appreciate that. Thank you. Thanks, Brett. So I took two things from that story. Number one, if you're a dad or a coach and uh, you got a little kid and you know where a big leaguer lives, you're free <laughs> to knock door. on his door <laughs> and ask if, he, if your, your kid, send your kid up there. Your kid's way cuter than you, I'm sure, dad's out there, okay? And, uh, and I also want to tell you, Kevin, about when your name came up last year. Um, uh, one of the themes of our show is that, that uh, Brett's brother, Scott, is – in my fantasy baseball league and we've been in that league since high school and Scott dominates it. And I'm one of the two or three guys that usually tries to challenge him every two or three years. And so last year I was actually ahead of him to like the last two weeks. And I picked, I picked this uh, young rookie from Pittsburgh up named Kevin Newman. Who, and I said, Brad, I picked this guy up and he's doing really well. He's on like a 2020 pace. So, so before we get to the major, well, and baseball, listen to this, like Kevin, I didn't know you had those wheels. You stole 28 bags last year. Yeah. We're getting to that right now. We're oh, getting okay. to that. All right. Sorry. Sorry. <laughs> So, 28 I know yeah. 28 yeah I think it's 18 or oh no no so no no I saw walks you walks 28 walks <laughs> yeah. but still I, I didn't like know you had those wheels think so you're like oh man 16 16 I'll take it I'll take 16 yeah yeah I will I'll take that we're going to ask your opinion on the Major League Baseball proposal to play uh, in Arizona. We're going to go deep into that for 20 or 30 minutes. But beforehand, for all of our fantasy baseball listeners, I mean, these guys are avid. So uh, you, I, I want to first let you know that uh, you were drafted by uh, the sweaty balls in my league. Okay? <laughs> That's Brian Torkelson and Larry Torkelson. This is the information you always yeah, wanted to know. To that you wanted to know. It, it is, it is. The relevant information that I was looking for, because they took, the, they took you about three picks before I was going to take you, because I thought you were still a well kept secret but no the cat's out of the bag is it, these are really important questions are you in fact a leadoff hitter for the pittsburgh pirates this year that's a really important question for fantasy <laughs> baseball owners i'll bet it is and honestly i don't know so we don't uh i'm gonna keep asking I mean, you these tough questions you can keep we didn't get know. we didn't get there during spring training <laughs> i mean i was i was hitting leadoff um obviously the end of spring training but i mean you know, I'm sure as, as Brett can attest to when the season comes, it, you know, yeah, until that opening day lineup pops out, it's, you, you really, you don't know, no. Okay. Question number two, do you have the green light to steal at any point? <laughs> <laughs> these are, these are, these are good uh, fantasy questions. Huh? Um, well, so I hate to not answer your question, but, <laughs> okay, but we're this, used to this, <laughs> this year we, we got a whole new, uh, a whole new staff. So, yeah. Um, it wasn't, I wasn't green light in spring training. Um, you know, it was, it was kind of wait and pick your time, stuff like that. So I, again, I, I mean, there's a lot of new pieces this year for us. So, so I don't know how during the year that's going to unfold, but, um, but I can tell you last year, I, I didn't have the green light. So for what <laughs> hey, it's worth. Well, I'll tell you, you one thing. He will, bags? Hey, yeah. 18 or 16 or 18, but yeah. Hey, one thing he's always going to do is hit he's, you and you, Kevin, you've been like that since, since high school, high school, college, fun fact, Cape Cod league. I mean, I'm, I'm probably the only one that knows this stat, but you're the only person to ever leave the lead, the Cape Cod league and hitting two years in a row. Wow. Which is cool. a crazy thing. Yeah. Yeah. Where'd you play? What teams you play for them? My brother played for Hyannis. Okay. I played for Falmouth, Falmouth okay. Commodores. I was yeah. never good enough to play any summer league. So that's, that's where I rank up there. Not I'll say it. So I never got never pick, right? I never <laughs> got asked. I never got <laughs> I never got asked to play in one summer league or one winter league my entire career. But Kevin, yeah. uh, last question on fantasy baseball. Then I want to look at some <laughs> of your stat line from last year because it, it looks you're hitting 308 as a rookie. I mean, that's amazing in 500 at bats. But did you ever play fantasy baseball? You seem to be keen on uh, the questions I was asking growing up. No, no, I haven't. Um, I never I never played fantasy baseball. Um, I remember. Um, my best friend's dad is in a, is in a, a fantasy group um, or league. And, and he drafted me one year, just like, like before. When you were in you know, A-ball? <laughs> yeah, it was like, it was like the last pick of the entire draft. Just like, I don't even know how it works, but you know, it's just for fun. Really. There was no point in even having me, but, um, but no, that's, uh, that's not something I've ever really gotten into. This last year was my first year actually of fantasy football. Um, and so that was fun, but, uh, Cool. But yeah, I haven't I haven't done the fantasy baseball before. Cool stuff. Fantasy baseball is hard to hard to do. I Scott and Josh yeah. have done that. Gosh, since 
gosh, probably since you guys were just out of high school and you have to keep up with it every day. Yeah, I would get yeah. questions all the time and Josh would text me and Scott would text me. I'm like, dude, <laughs> this was when I was playing. It was like, hey, what's going on? How's so-and-so feeling? Yeah. I'm like, dude, I don't know. Yeah. I'm in the training <laughs> room. Guy, Last uh, thing I want to hear, I'm about to go face like Barry Bonds and you're worried about like, is our shortstop okay? Like, I'm like, <laughs> Oh man, that's yeah. so so true. I remember back in the day, and that's actually why I think Scott and I had an advantage when we, you know, 15 years ago when our brothers were coming up through the minors, we knew every guy that was, you know, as our, as Brett and Matt would describe, look, this guy's going to get a hundred chances to prove himself and, he, and he's proven himself. So, hey, tell me about your rookie year, 2018, 31 games, 91 at bats. Um, what was it like? And, and uh, you hit 209. That's, you know, there's no shame in that as a rookie. Did you come up in September, come up before that? How'd that go? Uh, so I came up uh, halfway through August, um, and then yeah, I was there was there for uh, all of September as well. So yeah, it was a, about a month and a half stint at the end of eighteen. So they're changing the September call up the rule this year, and of course with the pandemic, who knows what they're going to do now? They're probably actually going to expand the rosters as soon as you start back. Okay. What are your thoughts on in a normal season the reduction of the September call up? Because that's something that as long as Brett and I were in high school until last year was just normal. That's when the kids came up and got their shot. Yeah, um, I, I think especially because I'm so fresh off of um, off of that time and young, being a young uh, guy coming up late in the year, it's it's definitely going to be interesting because you're right. That is when a lot of guys you know get that that first chance, and um, you know if your team's not in it, then a guy you know he he gets the chance to play maybe every day. Who who wouldn't if you're uh, you know if you're you're in a race, but. Um, that month was crucial. That month and a half was, was really big for me because uh, it definitely took some time getting used to as, as the stats can show, you know, I, I, I got up there and um, you know, the third deck in every stadium and uh, the big crowds and the names that you face, it, it definitely, um, it's definitely kind of a shell shock. And so it definitely took some getting used to and being able to get that out of my, out of my way in 18 kind of paved the way for 19. Yeah, because, I mean, that's a great point because I got called up like a month and a half into the season and you don't have that, you don't have that buffer. You go right into it and it's like you're full force right away. You know, Kevin got to get there and get some at-bats. And then when he goes into spring training, he's already established. He's already got that confidence of, hey, I was there. I did it. I faced these guys. Let me get into spring training. Let me get in my rhythm. Um, and let me let me show what I can do. So that way, that when the season starts, it's it's game on. You're not you're not in that like you're still a little nervous. And you're still trying to like show the people like, hey, this is what's going on. But you've had that you, that, that four weeks and those, those crucial at bats to kind of get your feet wet and shake those nerves off. Like I got thrown into it, and I was like, I couldn't get more nervous because here I am. Like I, I don't get I don't get that little buffer. If I don't if I don't produce, I get sent back down, and I'm stuck in AAA the whole rest of the year. So it makes a big difference for guys. Yeah, huge difference. And, and you said it well. I mean, for me, like by the end of that, you know, that six weeks that I was up there for, I started to get to the point where, um, you know, okay, like all of all those other, you know, extra factors kind of went away. And it was getting back to the all right, this is this is baseball still like, you know, a 90 mile an hour fastball is still a 90 mile an hour fastball. It doesn't just look 150 miles an hour because it's my first day in the big leagues. Right. And uh, we had, we had texts quite a bit back and forth when you were in AAA. Cause I kept saying like, dude, why aren't they calling you up? Like, and it had, I mean, I had it, I have to imagine it was frustrating for you because you were producing down double A, triple A, you were doing everything you need to, but you weren't getting that call. So <clears throat> I know, I know it was frustrating. We were texting back and forth, but you did it the right way. You put your head down. You said, you know what, I'm going to take care of my business. And when my time is there, I'm going to, I'm going to capitalize on it. And that's exactly what you did. Yeah, no, that's, that's kind of how I've always been too. It's just, I, I, I try not to get caught up in, in um, the things that I really can't control. And, and that was one of them. I know when we were texting back and forth and you just kind of said it, but you know, there was, I, I didn't want to let my mind get away from me and just kind of think of all, oh, well, what could be if I got the call today, you know, I feel like, or tomorrow, I feel like that was just going to drag out the days, make them feel really, really long and maybe start some resentment, honestly, and not, uh, not being able to focus on on getting better and and preparing myself to play at the big league level. So I just I tried to focus and just you know really really try to really just get better every day. Let me ask you about two things, uh, two moments that I remember that that I think are pretty cool. Um, <clears throat> two that come to mind is is your first major league home run, and what was around that. Um, you know, I see your dad uh, um, at McDonald's every once in a while for breakfast. Uh, we happen to still live in the same area and, and we talk about it, but your dad got to be there. Tell me a little bit about that. 
Uh, so it was sick, man. It was, uh, it was dad's weekend. So the pirates do a thing where all the dads fly out to Pittsburgh um, and they come on like the flight with us on a trip. So it was a Cincinnati trip. Um, so they're hanging out in the locker room and kind of going through uh, BP and, and everything that we kind of go through really like, you know, staying at the team hotel, all that sort of stuff. So it was, it was a really cool time in itself just cause you know, I get to experience that with my dad and um, and then, yeah, sure enough, uh, th that game didn't exactly go as planned, but uh, I think I got up and I think it was the ninth inning and the bases were loaded. Um, obviously all the dads are there and, you know, I got a good heater up and, and hit a grand slam for my, my first home run in front of my dad. And, awesome. um, you know, that's just a really cool moment that, you know, he and I will share forever. And, uh, and yeah, I couldn't, I couldn't really draw it up any better than that. It was, no, it was, I special. saw, I, I saw it on ESPN and they, 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 after you hit it, they immediately showed a clip of your dad in the stands going crazy. It was so cool to see just knowing just with the history of us. And, and the other thing is, is your first walk-off. Tell me a little bit about that. Cause I've seen some stuff you posted on your Instagram and it's really cool videos of that. Yeah. I mean, um, walk-offs are the coolest feeling ever not, <laughs> honestly. not if you're a pitcher oh not yeah honestly. yeah yeah <laughs> not if you're a pitcher but uh but no it's just it's so cool you know uh to be able to come through for your teammates and and uh your city because obviously you're at home um you know just to kind of be that guy that that you know got it done that night um you know every every game takes a, a multitude of of players all contributing to win obviously um and uh and when you just kind of have that moment um it's it's a unique feeling and it's just uh there's just no better feeling did you did <clears throat> when you when you cross home plate i believe somebody threw like a whole cooler of it was gatorade or water on you it almost looked like it knocked you over um <laughs> that had to shock you a little bit <laughs> yeah no it was uh it kind of like blinded me so i was like <laughs> i'm coming in and yeah i didn't expect that to like that to come so hard like right in my eyes um, but, uh, but yeah, when I got to home plate, you can kind of, if you watch the video, you kind of see me like step like twice. Cause I'm like, I don't know where the plate is. And I'm, so I'm just like, all right, well, hopefully I don't miss the plate. <laughs> like, get, I don't know, call, get an appeal and called out or something. So, um, but yeah, they got me good with the, with the Gatorade. Yeah. That's not, that's not a moment. I think as a pitcher, unless you throw like a no hitter or a perfect game, you don't get that type of like celebration where it's just all about you. It's, it's one of those things I think as a player, I'm like, gosh, I wish I was just a hitter for like one day to experience that. Cause that, that looks fun. Yeah, it was, it was a, it was an amazing moment. Um, that was Steve Blass's last um, televised game as well. Who had, who's been with the pirates for forever. And, um, and he's, he's such an awesome guy. And so it kind of just all the stars aligned on that one. And, uh, and it was, it was, it's an honor to be, um, really just a part of, of that exit um, for him. That was great. Hey, super excited about a new sponsor for our show. Style is changing. Formal wear is out and t-shirts are in. True classic t-shirts are my favorite. It's based in LA and it's a t-shirt company that's on the rise. These t-shirts are soft. They hold up in the wash and they are incredibly versatile. You can wear them out. You can wear them to work or even around the house, which we are all doing right now, hanging out at the house. And the best part is they're incredibly cheap, only $15. That's right, 15 bucks. And now you can get them for even less. Go to trueclassictees.com and use the code at checkout, BLEAV, B-L-E-A-V, for 20% off. That's BLEAV, B-L-E-A-V, at trueclassictees.com. Hey folks, we're listening. We're speaking with Kevin Newman, the shortstop for the Pittsburgh Pirates, number twenty-seven. You heard uh, Brett mention uh, that he is on Instagram. You can follow him at Kevin Newman twenty-seven. Uh, it's N E W M A N twenty-seven. And uh, uh, Kevin, let's before we move on to the the big topic this week, which is uh, because of the pandemic, every uh, Major League Baseball is talking about opening in Arizona, and not just opening, but the original proposal is four months of baseball double headers in Arizona, not just at spring training facilities, but also uh, at the Arizona Diamondbacks home field. Uh, before we ask Kevin about that, Brett, can you just run through on your little stat sheet there some of the things that the proposal um, talked about, um, seven-inning doubleheaders, all that business? Yeah, so there's like four main points that I read this morning. Implementing an electronic strike zone to allow the, the plate umpire to maintain sufficient distance from the catcher and the batter. No mound visits from a catcher or a pitching coach. Uh, seven inning double headers, which is, um, which is an earlier than expected start date, uh, which could allow maybe a whole um, full 162 game season. 
Um, regular use of on-field microphone by players um, for added bonus for TV viewers, which is <clears> – well, I'd like to get your take on that one. Uh, and then this is the one that I think is the funniest. <clears throat> Excuse me. Um, the players having to sit in empty stands six <laughs> feet apart <laughs> by the recommendation of social distancing space instead of the dugout. I can't even imagine – sitting in the stands with my whole team like spread out like above the first base dugout well i mean on top of that i mean first of all i don't have spring training out here so i really haven't been to many of the facilities i know they're really nice but i mean it's it's about to get really hot here yeah. too i mean if i'm sitting in the stands six <laughs> feet just, away i'm just, just baking absolutely cooked <laughs> that, i didn't even think i didn't even think about that that, that doesn't sound good and i talked to dave roberts a couple nights ago we facetime each other and, and i asked him about like hey what's going on what are you guys going to do and he was same thing it's like you know they're talking about doing it in arizona because it's going to be 110 115 so you know hopefully the virus can't thrive in that type of heat which is going to help the situation I don't even think about like the players sitting in the stands, like even sitting in a dugout <laughs> with fans would be miserable. So, <clears throat> you know, they used to like extend Springs. They would play the games at like eight in the morning just so it was a little bit cooler, but you're not going to do that to a bunch of big leaguers because everybody knows the big league schedules like late games, late nights, sleeping in a little bit. So yeah, I can't imagine that. That would be crazy. Yeah. Well, uh, I mean, a few of those things are, are definitely interesting. I mean, the, the automatic strike zone, I don't, I don't know how um, realistic that is. I mean, they I used guess. it yeah, independently Atlantic league last year. So it has to be legit, right? Wait, I played in York. Yeah. Shout out to York, uh, the York revolution. I played in the independent league. I wouldn't, I wouldn't have liked the electric. I think human error is part of the game. So I'm, I'm against electronic strike zones in general. Yeah, but and I mean, if you're gonna have a you're gonna have a runner at first and a first baseman that are gonna be within a foot of each other, I mean, really, what's what's the issue with having an umpire behind a catcher? I guess is where, you know, I I don't see why we wouldn't just you know we're all gonna be sharing the ball and we're all gonna be doing that. that that's but. that's the thing because when we shut down Little League here, which you're a Poway National Little League guy, that's where my son's in, you know, represent. And, yeah, represent Poway National. Um that's the thing that there were some coaches like let's just keep playing even though schools shutting down I said yeah but these kids are like touching the same ball like there's a lot there's a lot of things that go on with the germs and I saw a picture of I think it was South Korea or Korea they they were playing spring chaining games because they're about five or six weeks ahead of us yeah, and Josh Josh has a hospital background and knows a lot about what's going on um and the, the curve flattening a little bit hopefully a little bit earlier than we we're expecting with the reports the last couple of days but they're playing, and they have. There's pictures of guys with masks on, on first base. So there's a picture of a guy that on first base with the first baseman with the umpire, and they all three have masks on. Could you imagine going out there and playing with a full mask on? Uh, <laughs> I couldn't. I mean, I I, I get where it comes from because you know a lot of guys are licking their fingers and and trying to get um you know that a little bit of Brett, grip. Brett never did which, that, by the way. No, I, I never no. licked my fingers. <laughs> I always wiped. I always wiped. Ever. Well, I'm 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 a guy that licks my fingers. So between almost every pitch at short just to to get the the kind of the feeling on the tip of my fingers for if I get a ground ball and I had to throw it um uh, but when this this whole thing started I like I had to just I had to stop that because you know our last our last probably three or four games at spring training we had we had heard about it and then our last game of spring training they had already announced that they were completely shutting down spring training like it was done and we were about to go out on the field and play I guess because we were I don't know, fans were already there. We were 20 minutes from, from first pitch. So, so we went out and played and I had to like consciously like, you know, sit there and, and not, yeah. not lick my fingers. And that's, that's a tough habit to break when you do it. You know, it's a, times it's a tough, a it's a tough habit to break right now. I mean, that's the big thing is don't touch your face. I find myself wanting to, I heard something like you, you touch your face 40 to 50 times an hour. Yeah, like right. I'll go to itch something. I'll take the sleeve. Yeah. I'll take my yeah. sleeve and kind of rub my, I'll use like, my glasses. Yeah, it's become a, it's become like a fact of life that that's what it is, and it, and it changes everything. Um, you know how disappointing for you. I know as a former player, how, what I think what I would feel, but I'm not in it. You're you're in the trenches right now. How disappointing to be that close to the season, and you know, and it's a bigger scale. This is a global thing, and and there's more mm -hmm. important things. But if you take if you take that out, just as a baseball player, and what's in your gut and your fire, and I know I know what kind of character you are. How how hard is it not to be playing right now? Um, yeah, well, well, first off, you said it really well. It is, it is about perspective and, and 
a lot of people are affected by this. And, and so if I can focus on this, like you said, um, not knowing that a lot of other people are, are in a tough place, but as, from the baseball side, um, yeah, it's definitely disappointing. You know, we're, we're 10 days away from kicking off and, um, and I'll speak on behalf of the pirates and the environment I was in, you know, we had an entire new staff, we had new coaches, we had, you know, new front office, just an entire new flow and vibe to us. And we were just really, really excited to, to get that going and go into a season and, and see how it unfolded. So, um, you know, we were, we were bummed. We were really bummed. And, you know, at first couple of weeks, we were like, okay, you know, this, this will be a little bit, and then it's going to, it's going to kick back in. It's going to kick back in. And, um, you know, now we are where we are and, and we know the severity of it. And, um, and it was, it's just definitely been, it's been tough. It's been disappointing. And, um, you know, and we know it's not just for, it's not just us that are disappointed. You know, we want to go out and play for the fans. We want to go out and play for the cities right now that are, that are going through these tough times. And, um, you know, to be a team that, that the fans can rally around to be, uh, you know, just almost for lack of a better term, just a source of entertainment, a source of, uh, unity for, for everybody right now going through something tough. So, that's a that's a great point. Um, you know, I was I was playing when nine eleven happened, and I was with the Mariners, and you know we got shut down for the time that we got shut down. And, and the big thing was when was baseball going to start up again? And you know there was a lot of there was a lot of debate whether it was too soon or or you know they should wait longer. And we started, and it, it's one of the moments that I'll never forget as a baseball player. We played the game. Um, you know, it was it was eerie because of the magnitude of what was going on. But you know, it the winner win or lose wasn't a big thing that day. It was getting back on the field and entertaining America, and that was a big thing. And I was happy to be part of that. That you were bringing joy to a country or a city that had just gone through something catastrophic. And I can remember after the game, we ran around the field with a massive American flag, and and you know nobody left the stadium. We were on uh, the pitcher's mound with the flag, all tipping our cap to the to the stands, and it was a moment that. You know, I felt like, you know, what we get to do happens so fast. And, and you know, your career, my career, it, it, it's a snapshot of what happens. And to be part of something for a second that brings, you know, joy and hope and, and you know, just an escape from what's going on um, is a really cool thing. And it's a, it's a really cool thing that you're going to get to do once this all gets started back up. Because, you know, people in Pittsburgh, you know, there's tragedy. People lost lives you know, and for them to come out to a game and to be able to get away from it and come up to you and get an autograph or whatever, whatever however autographing is going to be, that's going to be a whole different thing too now. Um, but, you know, it, it's a cool thing and it's a cool thing that I'll never forget. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Well said. Hey, you know what? We've all been hanging out at home, not doing a whole lot, doing a lot of stuff around the house, cleaning. Um, you know what? There's some other fun stuff you can do. You know what you can still do? You can still bet online. You know where you go? You get you go to betonline.ag. With no NBA, NHL, or MLB, which, who knows, maybe MLB will be starting up soon. You might think there's nothing else to bet on, but BetOnline still has hundreds of places to wager, including their online casino with poker and blackjack. And, and sports aren't completely done. There's still some other stuff you could bet on. Mixed martial arts, American Idol. That's right, you can bet on American Idol. The elections, the spelling bee, and their $750,000 poker series. There is still some fun to be had on betonline.ag and use their promo code MYPOD100 to receive your welcome bonus on your first episode. That's right, you get an extra little bonus. Again, that's betonline.ag, B E T O N L I N E dot A G and use the promo code MYPOD100, M Y P O D 100. Bet online, the fun never ends. Let me, uh, let me ask you this too. What are you able to do right now? I saw, we've seen some stuff posted on Instagram, Joey, Joey Gallo taking hacks like on his high rise with a big net, like in his living room, like yeah, I've been to your place. I came with her for dinner when I was at a fantasy camp. So I, I can't imagine you guys moving all the furniture for you to take. I mean, I can't imagine what you would do to get your hacks in. So I'm not sure exactly <laughs> yeah, what your uh, wife would let you do. So why don't you explain what you, what you're able to accomplish and how you're able to stay like kind of locked in. Cause it's going to, it's going to take you a while to like when, when this whole, you know, air quote spring training starts to get back into it. So how, how, how long is it going to take you and, and what have you been doing? Yeah. So, um, 
so we're trying to, to do everything we can um, follow like the CDC and, and the rec they, they're, they're saying no more than 10 people together. Um, so in our community, we've got a couple of the players and, um, and what we do is we have our trainers from the off season uh, that we normally work with out here basically are coming to our complex and training us here with, with a lot of just body weight stuff um, and a couple of weights. And so there's, there's a, on any given day, probably, probably four to six of us, um, you know, that, that get that workout in. Um, and, and the toughest part about it is that, you know, other than yesterday, all those, all the stuff coming out that came out about playing in Arizona and stuff prior to that, we really had no idea. We still really have no idea, um, as to when we're trying to start back up. So, you know, do we work out five times a week? Do we work out twice a week? Do, you know, do we do, we don't know, do we throw every single day? Cause now all of a sudden this is saying, you know, maybe because if you got to get, if you got to gear up and you're starting to take balls at shortstop, like for games, like there's a, there's an arm strength component and a, and a buildup that, that takes that if you know a date we're starting like spring training, you, you know exactly how much to push it. Yeah, exactly. So, so not knowing that kind of creates this entire, um, you know, question mark as to, as to really how to train. Are we, are we off season training right now? Or are we lifting? Are we really lifting serious weight? Because, you know, we might not play for, for four months. Well, now all of a sudden that came out, the, the articles came out yesterday and maybe we're going to play in a month, you know, we don't know. So uh, just, just working out, you know, three times a week is what I'm personally doing um, and kind of taking the information day by day. Let me ask that question a little differently because I, I think it's, you know, it's kind of a shrug your shoulders answer. Like how many games do you need? I mean, nobody knows, but so let me ask it this way. How many games would be the bare minimum to the point that you would almost be like, Skip, I'm uncomfortable only playing six spring training games before we start, even though everybody else is only playing six, two, is it 10? Is it five? Is it 20? Like how many games do you just feel like, Hey, I just need to be out there for a few innings. Uh, I'm sure you haven't thought about it, but at what point would you start to go, man, that's a little weird. Um, from a bare minimum standpoint, I mean, I'd say, I'd say seven. Yeah. Um, bare minimum. I mean, you, if, if five to seven, you know, if we, we get five games of full at bats, you know, yeah, we could go out and we could play nine in game. We're not going to be mid season form. We're not going to be where, you know, we'd probably ideally like to be, but for the sake of getting out there, um, going and competing and, and just playing a game, like, yeah, we could, we could get it done. One of the things <laughs> I'm looking forward to, Brett, uh, Brett and I talked about this, because one of the things that's cool about our show is I, I bring a, a hardcore fan perspective, always wanted to play, but didn't quite have the, the, the ability, not quite have the ability, I wasn't even close to having the ability. <laughs> but, and Brett, I always ask a lot of, hey, put me on the mound questions. Um, I'm actually really looking forward to, and this kind of gets back to the fantasy thing, the strategy changes. And, of course, I watch every Dodger game, so Doc's the king of playing chess every pitch after the fourth or fifth inning. I'm really looking forward to the seven-inning strategies. When do you bring in your – I even said to Brett, do you think they're going to give pitchers wins after four innings in a seven-inning game? And he's like, who cares, man? Let's go on pitch five. But I, I'm looking forward <laughs> to the strategy changes. But tell us about – the on-field microphone. Brett mentioned that earlier. I mean, what are your thoughts if they came to you and said, hey, can you wear these? I and mean, would you do it every day? Would you say, hey, about every third game? What are your thoughts? Um, you know, they came to me in spring training and asked if I would wear one uh, in a spring training game, and, and I politely declined. Uh, it's just a personal personal uh, preference. And, and for me, um, you know, having said no in spring training, I, I certainly wouldn't do it in a game that meant something. And it's more so just because um, – there's a level of focus, you know, personally for me, um, I'm not, I'm not the most, uh, God gifted player on the field. I've, as Brett has said, like I, I've worked really hard my entire life. You know, I've, I've taken a million swings. I've taken a million ground balls and I've worked, I've worked pretty hard to get where I'm at. And a lot of that is because of my focus and my, um, my attention to detail and, and, my competitiveness and how I lock in for me to have a headphone on and to be conversing with a, um, you know, a play-by-play -play analyst or whoever it may be, I don't think I could compete at the major league level. Now that's not to say everybody can't cause you know, people were doing it in spring training and that's and, fair though. Yeah. And, no, yeah. and that's, that's exactly there. I'll, I'll say it a little bit less political than Kevin. There's a lot of guys that like that, that like, sure. like that spotlight in terms of like, they like the show and they're, and they're into that. 
you know, and, and Nick Swisher is a good friend of mine. Nick Swisher, you throw a microphone on him, he would be in hog's heaven the whole game. And, I mean, it would be like mid-pitch, and he would be rapping with the, with, with the play-by-play. But that's just him. And there's some guys that, that they're a little bit more flashy. And, and Kevin, he's – dude, Kevin's focused. Kevin's put the nose down to the grindstone. Let's get after it. And, and good or bad, whether you're flashy or you're just hardcore, let's get after it there it what's it's what you're comfortable with if you're comfortable with it that's great if you're not there's going to be trust me there's going to be guys lined up that said yeah give me the microphone i'm good with it and there's going to be guys that are like i don't even want to bother with that i want to worry about you know getting my knocks and making my plays and that's great and for to each their own really so kevin yeah, that's, a, that's a good point i mean and and who knows maybe one day i'll get there but from where i'm at now um you know and, and when i'm when i'm playing you know i talk to base runners and and, uh, you know, I mess around with, with players on other teams and have fun out there and stuff. But but there's definitely a different element in, you know, having a having a mic on you and kind of getting interviewed on the field while you're playing and competing in games that matter, too. Well, also, there's a respect factor being a young guy, too, I would imagine. Hey, I'm looking over your shoulder, seeing that you're our resident expert on the state of Arizona as well, having played at the U of A. Um, do they still have some um, complexes down there? I think it's been a good 10 years since um, – there was spring training uh, facility or, or teams. I think the Rockies built a facility and then within five years said, this is too far to drive. Are there still a couple complexes? And Brett, did you read anything about Tucson being in play here too? No, I didn't read anything about it. I think there's enough. They're, they're talking about 10 different complexes uh, in the, the, I think it's logistically because they want everything so close. True. Um, they're talking about like 10 different complexes in around Phoenix, Scottsdale area, just so it's, it's easier. Cause they're talking about isolating and this would be interesting. Um, Kevin, what do you think about, they're talking about isolating from your families for like four. So you guys go to the hotel and you guys are unlocked at, you cannot leave the hotel. And all you can do is get on the bus, go to the field, play the games, go back home. How, how do you feel about that? How do you feel about not having, unless your wife's going to stay in the hotel room the entire time too. How do you feel about that? Yeah, that's, that's a, that's an interesting topic. Um, and I didn't know about that until this morning, actually. Um, and my wife brought it up to me. And I don't know, I, we have a place here. So, I mean, hopefully we would be able to live at our, at our home. I, I don't see how I don't, that would I th- be. I think they want, they want you on the bus. So they know exactly. Cause Dave talked about that. He said, you know, there's, there's, this was a couple of days ago before this came out. He was talking about, they can't regulate, you know, if his wife or kids go talk to somebody that's, you know, contagious and then they go back to the hotel room. So this was new that I read this morning too, that, you know, no, the players would be like isolated in the hotel room away from everyone. So for, for the entire season, we wouldn't be able to see our families. That's that's what it read to me. Huh? I mean, that's, that's a hard sell. Um, you know, (laughs) and you got to get all the players, the players union and the players on board. If the players aren't on board, that's, that's going to be tough. Yeah. Yeah, it definitely will be. And that's, you know, and, and if that is what ends up being, the deal breaker, um, whichever way it swings, I mean, we'll, we'll see down the road, but, um, but I, I mean, that'd be, that's, that's a significant, um, change, you know, not being able to see your family. You wouldn't get any home cooked meals. That would be, None. Yeah, well, I mean, I'll tell you what, Domino's would be, would be killing it. <laughs> I think Domino's is killing it right now. We, we, we've been, uh, we've been hitting a lot of takeout, uh, Domino's. There we're you getting go. Tired. We're getting tired of cooking at home. That cheesy bread, man. <laughs> stay away. Gotta stay away from it. So hey, when, we you were, were, when you were going to school down there, were they, did they still have a couple of complexes? And like I said, I think the Rockies built the Rockies there. in Arizona were down there. Yeah. yeah so the Rockies built a uh, high Corbett and that is where U of A plays now. So my, oh, okay. my, my first year in 2013 um, was the second year that they played at high Corbett. Um, okay. So that's, that's where I played all my, my home college games. Good complex still in good enough shape if they wanted to play there. Yeah, absolutely. It's it's a really it, they they did U of A did a great job in uh, giving it a facelift, uh, put a bunch of money into it, and um, it's a it's a really really nice facility now. So it's it would definitely be cool. capable of of uh, hosting. Well, I want to change the subject a little bit here to something. I'm going to pick. I, I can do this because I'm not a former player. I'm not part of the code, but I'm going to pick a bone with. I think it's the sports writers. I'm looking at the National League Rookie of the Year voting last year, and I want to know what this dude, your teammate Brian Reynolds, what did he do for the sports writers that you didn't? Because your numbers are right there with them, and he got he got he came in fourth place. What's up with that, man? Hey, I'm going to put. Hey. You on the spot. 
Who's a better yeah. player? You or Brian Reynolds? <laughs> Numbers are almost hey. identical, man. We got tough hey. questions on this podcast. <laughs> yeah, right. He no, he had a hell of a year, man. And um but you'll see you you can see the numbers and um no, they're no, identical he, to your they're literally identical. You hit he hit sixteen home runs, you hit what, fourteen? Uh twelve. 12 okay but you stole more bases you're within a couple rbi hey we got to get brian reynolds on the show now next time brett we got to ask him what's up <laughs> there you uh, go i'm going to advocate maybe. to all the sports writers in pittsburgh and everywhere else uh shout out to kevin newman 27 follow him on instagram so you can see all those highlights and give him his respect it's due next year because uh, he needs to be on this list too <laughs> well i appreciate it. i appreciate it yeah, you carried uh, my uh, fantasy team in a big time of need, man. So I'm never going to forget that. I'm a little bitter that uh, my, my buddy drafted you before I did. So, so hey, um, talk about in the locker room what it's like to be uh, – let, let me ask you this. My brother was drafted by the Yankees, and, and my perception has always been there's, there's, a Yan- there's the Yankees and, and Boston coming up with them. And then um, do you – I guess my question is this. Do you feel fortunate that you were drafted by a smaller market team? Do you feel like – because as Brett said, you should have been up before you were. You still got to grind. You still got to put up numbers. But do you feel blessed that you came up in an organization like Pittsburgh that's perceived to be small market? Um, yeah. Well, first of all, I'm, I'm definitely glad um, – I'm definitely happy to have been drafted by the Pirates uh, for sure. And, you know, <laughs> it's – it's one of those things where um, I, I, when I was coming up to a system, I would hear a lot of external noise about, you know, people saying, Oh, you should be up or, Oh, you should, you should have been called up to double a faster than you were or whatever it might be. Um, but honestly, you know, I think a couple of things, I think, I think if you're good enough, you're going to get there. Um, and I think that there is a part of this uh, game where, you know, right spot, right time. And I wasn't going to, I wasn't going to let, the fact that some people maybe didn't think I wasn't in the right spot at the right time affect, um, and this kind of goes back to what we were talking about before, but affect how I went about my day and how I went about my work. Um, it was just, it, it was just always a bunch of noise that I didn't want to listen to because uh, I just thought it was distracting. Yeah. Um, Kevin and I have the same approach. I was in, I, I got drafted by Cincinnati. I came up through them and same thing. We were, you know, considered small market and, and we, if I would have been drafted by the Braves or the Yankees, it would have been a different path. It might've taken me longer. I, I, I feel like I would have got there eventually or, you know, got traded to somebody to, to get up to the big leagues. But, you know, there's, there's some self-discipline when you're in the minor leagues because there's a lot of distractions. There's a lot of guys that are in the minor leagues. And I, I don't mean this to be mean, but there's a lot of guys down that, that will never make the big leagues. They're just, they're organizational players. And, it's hard to keep, keep, keep your focus sometimes. And, and I used to say, Hey, just put your blinders on, put your blinders on, do your work, you know, calculated fun, go out, have a, have a drink, have a beer with the boys, but, but realize what's going to happen the next day or if you have a day off. So, you know, you really got to put your, your nose down and just, and just realize I got to do my job. I was fortunate in Cincinnati. A couple guys got hurt. I was, you know, one of the pitching prospects and I got called up, but it would have been a different ball game. I think if I would, if I would have been in the Braves organizations, you got Maddox, Glavin, Smoltz. I was, I was happy to be in a, in a, in an organization that wasn't like super heavy in the big leagues. Yeah. And that's a good, a good way to put it is, is having your blinders on. Cause they're, you know, for the most part, I think if you're, if you're good enough, you're going to make it. There are definitely players that, that I think could have, could have had good major league careers, definitely deserve to, to be a major league player and, and could have had careers. And uh, they'd never, they didn't get that opportunity for one reason or another. Um, you know, that's obviously out of my hands, but, uh, but no, those players, those players exist for sure. Tell me you, who you grew up idolizing. Were you always a shortstop? Yeah, you don't have to say me, Kevin. You don't. <laughs> All right, okay, okay. Aside from Brett. The guy in the bushes. <laughs> yeah. Um, no, Derek Jeter was, was the guy that I really looked up to um, growing up. Uh, you know, I always tried to get the number two in, in Little League or whatever team I was on. Um, kind of because when I was growing up, uh, all, all I would see on, on ESPN, um, you know, were – were Yankees Boston games and it's you know because every one of those is, is on ESPN so um, you know I always had that on and always got to see him play and um, because of that and just I mean I don't need to go into his success and who he is as a person because you guys already know um, but just seeing seeing that 
was just a player that I wanted I wanted to be like on and off the field. So check um, this out. That's funny you said that. Hold on. That's funny you say that because now that you said it, I mean, that, that makes a lot of sense with uh, the type of, you know, game that you have. I mean, solid at shortstop, fundamentally correct. Yeah, um, hitting, too. staying inside the ball. Like that's how you've always been. And it, it now that you say it, it, it makes a lot of sense that, that Jeter was the guy that you're kind of, you know, looking at and, and, and idolizing in that point because your games are very similar. That's, that's, you yeah, know. I see a lot of that too. And I saw that last year. It was fun watching. My brother was roommates with G in the minors. They were drafted the same year. And I, I started to grab this. I took it out of the case here. I don't know if you can see it. This is the only hat he wore in double A uh, because he was only there for two weeks. Uh, you know, him and my that brother got sick. called up together, uh, went to Albany and two weeks later, he just went straight to triple A. But what I wanted to bring up, and Brett, because I, I think it's something Brett can share. Do you remember uh, we had my brother on as a guest once, and, and we asked him a question I never, I never asked him and never heard him answer, and it was an awesome answer. And I asked him, I said, give us a Derek Jeter nugget that Derek shared with you that you never forgot. And, and he said, look, he told me this early on, and Derek was an early draft pick and always kind of destined to be great. Do you remember what he said, Brett? Because I just thought it was awesome. I'm trying to remember. It was advice from his dad. His dad said, look, you know, you're going to have – you're going to oh, face yeah. a number three, four, five pitcher. Uh, you got to get your hits off of those guys because when you <laughs> face the one, two, the next couple days, uh, it, it's a grind. And I just thought that was amazing insight from a 19-year-old at the time. Yeah, yeah. Okay, he got a few hits off of me, so it must have been, I must have been that three, four, five pitcher. So. <laughs> <laughs> You're talking about Derek, not my brother. <laughs> no, I'm talking about Derek, yeah. <laughs> so. That's funny. Yeah, so, that's, um, yeah, I thought that was pretty cool input from, from Jeter and from his dad, too. That is. Hey, tell me, um, so uh, I've been to almost every stadium. Uh, there's four of them I, I haven't been to, Toronto, Tampa, Dallas, and Cincy, and I haven't been to Dallas and Cincy because they rebuilt them since I was there, so I've been to all but two. But I got to tell you, Pittsburgh is one of my top two or three stadiums. Um, I, I think a lot of people who haven't been to Pittsburgh wouldn't know what a beautiful, beautiful city is right there on the water. I love that it's open. Um, uh, I, you know, I'm not asking you to say, to tell me how great that stadium is, but tell me about playing in Pittsburgh and also what one of your other uh, favorite stadiums to play in is. Um, yeah, I mean, you hit it on the head. Pittsburgh is, in my opinion, and I guess I'm a little bit biased, but um, one of the most beautiful stadiums there are. Uh, just because of the backdrop of the city, like you said, on the water. Um, it's gorgeous, man. It, it, it really is. Um, one of the other stadiums that I really, really enjoyed playing in uh, was Houston. I actually, I actually thought oh, that, we don't, that was – We don't talk uh, about Houston on this show. Yeah, so. I thought <laughs> it might strike a chord, but, you know. <laughs> That's a whole other subject with Josh. Josh being the Dodger fan. I mean, uh, oh. if you listen to our last, like – 10 podcasts of the season it was just like josh just steaming and stewing over but this the is before the, the controversy broke brett oh, Actually, okay let's, hey, that let's, was you know what let's you know let's, uh, you and i have talked a little bit about this kevin um at your house but the i knew that this was exactly where by the way houston, <laughs> the great, houston is like, a nice stadium i'll say about houston okay it's a nice stadium <laughs> what what do you think about all that and, and you can be as political or not political as you want but the fact that they were doing that, does that tarnish what you think happens with the World Series and, and the legacy of those guys a little bit? Uh, I, think, I think time will tell. Uh, I think it's easy to say right now that it does. Um, but in, you know, and those guys, like, they're, they're all pretty young. They got a long time on their contracts, long time to play. Um, and I think that they're going to – I think that they'll show. You know, and if, if they if they keep playing the way that, that they played before that, you know, then uh, then maybe it doesn't maybe it didn't affect as much as, as everybody thinks. But, you know, if it's a if it's a huge change, then then there might and, be something. And they're all I mean, they're all superstars in their in their own right. And, and they're all great hitters. Allegedly. And it, you know, that allegedly. <laughs> well, no, listen, if you're in the, <laughs> I, and I'll say this and I'll say if you're in the big leagues, you're pretty good. I mean, I don't care if you're the I'm not going to argue with that. You're better yeah. than pretty good to get there. Even if you're a bench guy and you're a platoon guy, you're still really good. But and those guys, they're obviously superstars. Bregman, Altuve, Correa—they're all really good players. You know, did it help that you know on certain pitches they knew it was coming? Absolutely, it helped. I mean, I, I'm a pitcher, and if I knew if the guy was like, "Hey, here's a fastball coming," it's a it's a different advantage. And it, it, they're still going to be great players. They're still going to have Hall of Fame careers. But it, it, I'll say it definitely made a difference, and it, it makes me not. And trust me, 
the president of the Astros, he's not the president. He, he's a friend of mine and it, and it's tough. I, it makes me not love the Astros as much and what they were doing because of that. It's just the way it is. Yeah. Yeah. Well, let's just say this, not that I'm fans of either uh, Bregman or the non MVP MVP Altuve. <laughs> Uh, those two are on the clock this year and I'll be the one to say it cause I don't have to live by that code, but I mean, uh, we're going to find out what those guys are all about this year. So, and like you said, I mean, uh, they, they got, they got there. So, um, but, but are they the MVP or not? And both have been in that conversation. So let me ask you a question, Kevin, this is just off topic. All right. Pittsburgh pirates out of the, out of the equation. Okay. You love Pittsburgh. You love playing there. What is another team? If you had your choice at some point, where would you like to see yourself going sometime? Would you want to come back to the West Coast, or is there another team? Um, I'd I'd probably say San Diego. Um, you know, just born and raised in San Diego, and and growing up going to those games. Um, I think probably, I think probably anybody uh, would would like to play for their hometown team. So, um, you know that that would that would just be a pretty pretty cool thing for cool. sure. I saw, I actually saw you play. I, I texted you right after the game too. It was the most bizarre. I was sitting, I was sitting up in one of the boxes with my kids and I was telling them the story of, of you and how we met and you're up to bat and your name's on the, on the jumbotron. And I'm thinking like, holy crap, where, how, first of all, how old am I? How did, how did I get to this point where I got, you know, two nine-year-old kids in the, in the box and I'm watching little Kevin that is basically the same age as my kids in the big leagues at Petco park, which was one of those outer body experiences, like, dude, what is going on? This is not the way, this is not real right now, but it's cool. But uh, yeah, I, I mean, San Diego is a cool place. I played for the Padres three different times. Um, you know, I live here. I've, I've, you know, I'm, I'm kind of a, a transplant from Orange County, but I love San Diego just as much as you do. It would be, it'd be fun to see you here. I would, I would like to see you here. Hey, Kevin, just before we wrap up, man, um, and by the way, that was an open invitation to the Pittsburgh Pirates to put a long-term <laughs> deal on the table as soon as possible. <laughs> um, hey, That's uh, why I preface it, the Pirates <laughs> are out of the equation. They're not even yeah. a team. Yeah. Hey, um, before we wrap up here, what, uh, what's the one thing you're missing the most right now about, uh, about baseball? Um, I don't know if you – can you guys still hear me all right? My headphones. Yeah, we're good. Yeah. Okay. Um, the one thing I'm missing about baseball um, – it's tough to say just one, honestly. Um, one, I guess, maybe being in locker rooms with all with all the guys. Um, you know, you 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 all work towards the same goal and strive for the same thing, and to go out there and compete and win with each other. So, kind of just missing, you know, that brotherhood right now. Um, but also, like I said before, um, being able to gather a city or you know just play for a city is uh, is is something that I'm sure we're all missing right now. Awesome. Hey, thanks for joining the show. We'd love to have you back, uh, you know, when the season's over and hear about how different it was from the normal season and best of luck. And uh, I really appreciate you coming on the show and uh, it's fun watching you keep grinding, man. We love grinders on this show. Grinders, baby. That's what we do. Yeah. Grinders, man. Kevin, I appreciate you coming on, buddy. Uh, you know, I'm always rooting for you. All right. Well, appreciate it, guys. Thank you for having me. Thanks for joining us. It's the Dugout Dudes, also uh, formerly the Dodger Dudes, with our, our guest Kevin Newman, shortstop for the Pittsburgh Pirates. Thanks, Kevin. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.